You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the first episode of Another Page Turner with Big Tom and Lil Steph. I am Lil Steph. Lil Steph, to be exact. <laughs> and my co-host is Big is Big Dog. I'm sorry, did I call you Big Tom? You did, but it, I think it works both ways. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's our first show, so if I if I flub some stuff, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been called uh, I've been called the big dog for a long time, just because you know of Big Dog Inc. My publishing, uh, I don't know what you call it, publishing house company, whatever. So that's kind of where the big dog came from. But I am Tom, and uh, uh, this is uh, this is we've done podcasts before. Um, but this is our first partnership, I guess, experience. So this should be kind of fun. Yeah, and we're we're totally winging it. So um, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to that. It's going to be super fun. Uh, we figured we'd start off and kind of tell you a little bit about ourselves and why you should listen to this podcast. So why don't you start us off, Big Dog? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, uh, my name is Tom Hutchison. I am the publisher founder, um, writer for, art director for, etc. cetera, uh, Big Dog Inc. We've been publishing comics now for nine and a half years, so 2020 will be our 10-year anniversary, which is just nuts to consider. Um, titles that you guys may have heard of are uh, Penny Peter Soul, Critter, Scheherazade, or some minor Kaiju Epic, Lights, Camera, Jungle, etc., etc., etc. Um that is basically me in a nutshell. I mean, uh, uh, we travel to a bunch of shows around the country, um, fewer now than we've had in the past, but, um, you know, we're kind of focusing, refocusing what big dog Inc is now from the sort of the mass market of comic book retailers to more of a boutique style publishing with, uh, you know, smaller print runs and, and more, uh, sort of direct to customer content. Um, through Kickstarters and through shows and through our, our, you know, our website and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I've been a, a, a fan of, of basically pop culture in general, you know, not just superheroes, but, you know, kaiju, giant monsters, science fiction, horror, all that kind of stuff. So all of that stuff gets represented in the, the writing that I do across uh, all the different titles. So, um, you know, I like to kind of, it's, 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 my writing's kind of like this podcast, just kind of whatever I feel like writing is what I do that day. And uh, <laughs> what the next day is going to bring, who the hell knows? So <laughs> Exactly. And I like that. It's always good to be open to, uh, you know, you just follow your heart with your writing. And if you don't, then why are you writing, man? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, things like uh, things like writer's block are a very real thing. But um, w- one of the things that I tell writers is, is, don't just have one thing, you know, it's good to focus on one thing, but one of the things that helps me break through writer's block is if, if I have a script that I'm writing, that's let's say superhero stuff, but I'm just not feeling that, you know, pow, boom, oomph thing. You know, I can jump over to a Western with legend of Oz, or I can move to horror and, and sort of force my brain to break out of some of those, those, you know, restrictions for whatever I was focusing on. And that helps usually jar things loose and, and, you know, keep the, keep the wheels turning. Absolutely. Um, well, and I'll just give you guys a brief, uh, little thing about myself. I'm Stephanie Menard. I'm also a writer, uh, 
and I self-publish almost everything that I write. I have a few things published by other people and, you know, I'm open to that, but I typically, I like to do my own thing. <laughs> um, I've been doing this yeah. for, um, gosh, about almost five years now. So not as long as you, Tom, but you know, and not, I'm not quite on Tom's level, but he's, always been super awesome to me and very helpful uh, when it comes to any questions that I've had for him in this whole self-publishing Kickstarter, you know, extravaganza that is now my life. So um, uh, my biggest titles, I would say, would be um, Psychopath. Uh, and right now I am doing Aeonian, which has had a huge response. And it's mostly horror, guys. That's my jam. But there's other stuff sprinkled in there. So... Um, we kind of were like, well, let's do this podcast and, you know, we can talk about writing and Kickstarters and all these different things and talk about whatever else we want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if, uh, at some point, hopefully we'll be able to get maybe a little bit interactive with some of the, the folks that are listening live. Um, you know, if, if people have questions or whatever, we can, we can kind of help guide them through whatever they're trying to figure out. But uh, beyond that, you know, it's, uh, you know, Steph and I tend to jibber jabber quite a bit. Um, and, uh, and, and that's probably going to be the, the, the good bulk of what this show will be. You know, when we have things to talk about writing wise and, and Kickstarter wise, uh, which we, we do a little bit today, probably, um, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it. But other than that, you know, we'll, it's, it's pop culture, man. It's movies, it's TV. There, there's so much out there to absorb and, and so much cool stuff, uh, nowadays that, uh, you know, that's that's what we all love to talk about when we're at cons and everything anyway. Um, so why not do it here, too? Exactly. And if you do want to call into the show, the number for the studio is uh, 248-809-5004. Um, Obviously, you can only call in when we're live, which is between 1 and 2 o'clock every other Tuesday. Uh, but, you know... If you can't, you know, get in on that window and you have any questions, you can find us on all the social medias and we'll give you all that information at the end. So you can hit us up there mm -hmm. um, and we would be glad to answer any questions that you may have. <laughs> so cool. there we so go. We can actually uh, we can actually take calls. Today, huh? Yes, we can. That's a beautiful thing. You know, um, this is on the podcast Detroit Network, which is um, run out of the main studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. I'm at the downtown Detroit location um, in Cass Corridor at Detroit Shipping Company. And it's really cool because, you know, they have everything connected. It's a all-in-one service. I do all the editing for the network, so I get to have as many shows as I want, apparently. <laughs> Ooh, they just they nice. just let me have shows. They're like, here you go, Steph. Go ahead and talk on the microphones. Um, but yeah, so we you know we can have calls coming in, and uh, we also have video and stuff. But me and Tom aren't in the same location. We're doing this remotely. <laughs> yes, yes. Especially with with my travel schedule, I will probably for a good portion of the year be out west. So yep. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have. We'll have to do some sort of like uh, uh, anniversary episode where we get together in the studio for the videos. You know, every every six months we'll do a we'll do a, a video in in studio. That sounds awesome. <laughs> or every, we're uh, we're every, bi coastal every right now. Motor City. Yeah, there we go. See, that's a perfect place to meet up and 
they brought well this year in Motor City uh podcast Detroit set up and they brought their cameras and everything too. They're they're getting they're getting really uh crazy with the video stuff, which is cool. You know, people like to see yeah. the faces of the people they listen to, so it's a good thing. <laughs> but enough about podcast Detroit. I'm tooting their horn a little too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah so you can feel free to call in or contact us on social media and we'll give you all that toward the end of the show um so yeah it's a little bit about us and well uh, you have a kickstarter coming up right tom yeah uh my next one is uh uh, july 20th so a week from uh, a week from this coming saturday so we've got about i don't know whatever that is 11 days left uh, it'll be the the final chapter of Penny for Your Soul, Volume Four. We've been running these basically quarterly for the past I don't know year and a half with some some other stuff sprinkled in along the way. Uh, so this is actually kind of really exciting because um, when I when I moved over to Aspen uh, about what is it now four years ago or so um, five years maybe God I can't even keep track of time anymore. Comics are terrible with time. It should be very linear, but it feels like things that happened, you know, last year were like 20 years ago. Very odd. Um, but when I moved over with Aspen, I wasn't sure when we were ever going to get to do Penny for Your Soul again because of the content. It's very mature audience stuff. Right. And, uh, and Aspen was not, they didn't really want to do that stuff. They were more interested in, in Oz and Scheherazade and, and Critter and things like that. So, um, the fact that we got to do not just more Penny for Your Soul, but actually, you know, a complete volume, um, that, that's the power of Kickstarter, man. It, it changed everything that I was able to do uh, from a creative standpoint and a marketing standpoint and a distribution standpoint. And um, so it's really exciting to get to this final, this final chapter of, of this fourth volume. Um, it is not the end of Penny for Your Soul by any means, but... Uh, it is it is wrapping up the the four horsemen arc of Penny for Your Soul, um, and uh, I think that it is going to be an issue where people probably think they know where this is going. Um, but if anyone has ever read anything that I've that I've written for any period of time, uh, they'll know that that things rarely land in the place that people expect. Which you know that's that's sort of my job. If if I telegraph everything um, for my endings and my twists, then I haven't done my job. So um, I, I love it when people come to me at cons with shocked faces like, what? Why? How? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that means I did my job. So it, it's fun. And I think this final issue will be a little bit of that. Um, and it's going to take uh, it, it's going to be fun because I have I have the three previous volumes to kind of draw from and I can kind of show, Hey guys, you've been reading this now for, for, you know, whatever it is, nine years. Remember when, remember when, remember when I told you this, well, here it's all kind of coming around full circle. Um, and, uh, you know, we get to kind of really play with continuity now the way that, you know, some of the, the bigger companies get to play with continuity that have been around for many, many, many years. When you've got 10 years of continuity, uh, you can start to really have fun with it and, and show people that, uh, you're not just winging it that, you know, some of this has been planned from the beginning and maybe you saw it and maybe you didn't. <laughs> there was a roadmap, man. <laughs> okay. I know, right? It's there. It's there. <laughs> but it's more like just breadcrumbs and you got to really pick up on those breadcrumbs. That's awesome. Yeah. I haven't gotten yeah. like so that right. deep 
I don't know. Well, I mean, you've you've been doing this longer than I have, so um, you know, and you've you've gotten to work on you know the same series for a long period of time, which is something that I'm looking forward to being able to do um, with Aeonian. It's my the first series that I've felt could be ongoing and have like all these ideas. So I've kind of got a roadmap myself and I just hope that I get to get to the end of it. <laughs> That's the goal. Well, I mean, well, the first thing I'll tell you is that there's really nothing quite like writing something that has some real depth to it. I mean, it's fun to make something new, maybe do a mini series and, and, you know, kind of tell a story. But when all of a sudden you've got, you know, what, what is Penny now? Seven, 14, 21, uh, 25, 26. You're talking about over 30 issues of the book through different sort of, I don't want to say time periods, but it's, it's, uh, you know, each, each volume is, you know, sort of like a season. So you've kind of got, you know, we did this in season one, we did this in season two. When you get to like a season four, which is essentially where I'm at, you know, you can really tie all of your little pieces together and, uh, and show that, you know, it's not always just this standalone thing that everything is there for a reason. And, uh, and that's when it gets really fun, honestly. Um, and, and that's where I kind of envy the guys that, that work for, you know, Marvel and DC and those characters, because there's so much continuity that you can, you can play around with when you're, you're allowed to, I suppose you have to kind of uh, you know, right. <laughs> pitch all that stuff to the higher ups. But, uh, you know, when you're allowed to really play with, with all of that, uh, the depth of that sandbox, that's when it gets really fun. And that's kind of where I'm at with, with Penny. And that's where I was with Critter too. With Critter, we did 25 issues of Critter. And, um, you know, we just kept layering on, layering on. I mean, Critter, man, uh, there's absolutely 100% a roadmap for, for Critter. Um, I know precisely wh- where this thing started. Um, I know precisely where the middle of it is. And I know precisely where the ending of it is. So um, the, the the farther we get into it, you know, the more uh, the more fun I have writing it. I, I mean, I've write, but I love writing superheroes anyway. But um, the the deeper I get into my own story, even I'm having fun with it. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. So eleven more days. So you're getting pretty close to the yeah. launch. Are you getting nervous? Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely in panic time. Yeah. You no, know, we're, we're definitely. <laughs> Once you're within about that 10-day window, it's definitely panic time. Although I am, uh, I am going to take a few days uh, this week, this weekend, um, to to shut it all out, and I'm going to G Fest in Chicago, which is the Godzilla convention. Uh, so I'm going to just chill out. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut the brain down for a few days. I'm gonna uh, enjoy uh, some company. I'm gonna be with uh, Aaron and Carrie Caster. Carrie Caster is my editor. And she also writes Scheherazade with me. Um, so I'm going to hang out with them. We're going to watch Godzilla movies. We're going to, you know, buy some toys. Um, so we're going to have a little bit of a, a break before we go into that final week of launch week. And uh, we've been teasing images and pictures and stuff for the last couple of weeks with all the artists. I still have artists I haven't even announced yet. Um, oh, I'll probably do some of that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, generally, generally, I like to announce them once I have some segment of their art to show. Um, but, uh, you know, some of these are going to be coming in. I knew the schedules were going to be tight. So some of these pieces of art are going to be coming in right as we are about to launch. So, um, I'll probably do a little bit of announcements, uh, this week and next week, even, even without their art. So, um, in fact, here, we'll just, we'll just give you a, a, an exclusive for, um, 
for the debut of the podcast, another page turner. We do have the return of Dan Mendoza uh, to Penny for Your Soul. He is he's taken a few issues off because he's been working on his own books. Um, but uh, I talked to him at Las Vegas, Amazing Las Vegas Con, and uh, he is 100% in, and he's doing something special for us. So as soon as we have art, we'll show you. But uh, Dan Mendoza is coming back to Penny for Your Soul. Awesome. We got an exclusive, y'all. For sure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and see, that's another good thing about having, uh, you know, your own podcast is that you can do that kind of fun stuff. And it's it's another way to be able to to connect with, you know, people that read your stuff, which I have always enjoyed, you know, that part of um, doing like the way station and, you know, interviewing other creators and stuff and, and being able to, you know, just talk to people that like do similar things or are like, you know, you're like mutual fans of each other's stuff. It's just, it's fun. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, even at cons, um, people that come to, to our booth at cons, the big dog Inc. booth, um, they get information that, isn't anywhere else or is at least early. Um, I, I had a, uh, where did this happen? It was, I think it was C2E2, not this year, but last year, we did a debut art print for uh, Princesses versus Zombies, which is a new book that I'm working on. And it had, it, it was, uh, it was Cindy. We call her Cindy. She's our, our Cinderella. And uh, she's in a very sort of um, cliche, trashy, sexy Cinderella costume um, standing in front of this car with the zombies chasing her and so on. And uh, somebody came up and was just like, they kind of just started going off on me. Like, you know, I can't believe you do this, uh, this, this over-sexualized princess thing again, blah, 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 blah. And I just looked at him and said, did you notice there's a car behind her? And they looked at the print again and they were like, Oh yeah, what there's cars in Fairyland now? And I'm like, no, let me tell you exactly what this book is. And so I started to lay it out for him. Um, because again, what I do is rarely what you expect it to be. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of see their eyes widen, like, oh, I get it now. And so, you know, there was some of that that, you know, when you're at the shows, I'm I'm happy to talk about things like that. And so people definitely get that bonus information. Um especially when I know it's probably not going to be coming back around, you know, on the internet <laughs> to spoil all my surprises. There um, you go. <laughs> that's yeah, the important yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so it's, it's, that, that's one of the cool advantages. If you have not been to comic cons before, um, or if you have gone and just, you know, bought toys and shirts or whatever, go talk to the people that, you know, actually create comics, the writers, the artists, they're in artist alley, or, you know, sometimes there's small press areas with, you know, like big dog ink, like, uh, Source Point Press, uh, you know, just little little guys that are kind of just making their own content. Go talk to those creators, man. You're gonna you're gonna meet some cool people, and uh, you're probably gonna get some cool stories about you know what they do, how they do it, why they do it, and uh, and who knows, you might even get the the scoop on the next title they're doing. Exactly, Artist Alley is where it's at. Well, and the small press area too. My bad. I because well, I feel like small press should be like it's to me basically part of Artist Alley because you're looking sure. at your independent publishers. You know, your your smaller publishers that are working their tails off and putting out such amazing stuff. Um, you know, I feel like it's we're 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 all on the same page, man. <laughs> Yeah, and usually the some of the shows they kind of get that too. So you'll go in and you'll you'll see that it's kind of set up that way. Usually, hopefully, 
they understand that, that the crowds should kind of flow between those things. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you have like, uh, you know, all the publishers just kind of get jammed together and then artist alley's in the back of the hall or, or whatever. But, um, you know, those are the guys that, that really are there to meet you like above all other booths is the people that are creating their own comic. They are there to talk to you and show you what they do and, and, you know, hopefully entice you into, you know, buying whatever it is that they're selling. Um, so for those that, uh, that don't know a lot about comic book world and so on, comic cons are, are not just Marvel and DC show up and there's Iron Man and Wonder Woman and whatever. It's, uh, it's a huge, well, sometimes they're not huge. Sometimes they're small, um, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a, the, the environment is, is really vast. You know, you, yeah, you can go buy your t-shirts and your Batman toys, but there's people there that are actually making new things. And while we live in a culture that kind of tends to reject something new until it becomes popular, which is very odd to me. I don't know how that really works. Right. Um, you know, you have the opportunity to, to get in on something before it's popular, you know, to, to, to be one of those sort of founding members of whatever club it is that you're buying into and, and help support the creation of whatever's going to be next. Absolutely. And there's so much, um, you know, undiscovered talent and, and stories that you can find in, at these conventions and, and going to meet, you know, these people, uh, me being one of them, um, just like I enjoy just talking about comics. I've had a lot of, um, especially like younger girls. It's really cute. Like I get a lot of younger girls who are like, oh, I write too. And, you know, they, they really love my stuff. I do have to be careful who I sell to with certain things that I have because, you know, I don't have any like nudity or anything, but I do have one issue of one of my books that has some racy stuff in it. And I don't feel comfortable selling it <laughs> to people under a certain age, but um, sure. anywho, uh, it's kind of cool to see like girls that like, I was that girl that would have loved to have met, you know, a, a writer and seeing them do something that they loved and, you know, be able to ask those questions and, I, you know, it's, it's a high compliment and just to have anybody even care about your opinion, you know, when it comes to this, at least to me, like, I love it. It just makes my day. Well, yeah, you're, you're, uh, and, and this kind of brings us around to a conversation that we've had in the past too, with, uh, you know, um, women in comics, women who make comics, the, the women characters of comics, how they're all sort of treated, um, I had, I had one of the greatest experiences of my, my comic. I don't know that it'll ever necessarily be taught, to be honest. And it happened, I think this, my second year, um, we got invited to, uh, well, no, we weren't invited. We, we were just at, uh, Phoenix Comic-Con and, oh no, I know how this happened. Okay. So we were at Phoenix Comic-Con and I was giving away at the time copies of, uh, Critter. Um, they were somehow being given away free away from the booth somewhere. And, and I, I don't remember exactly how we did that, but um, so we gave away a whole bunch of copies and um, you know, basically just marketing and, and so on, because again, it's a new thing that people don't know what it is. So sometimes you just got to say here, just take it home. If you read it and, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Right. So the next year, the third year that we were there, we came back or the third, our third year in existence, our second year at, at Phoenix Comic Con. Um, a, a, a guy comes up, an older guy, uh, I don't know, 30s or so, and he says, uh, so is, uh, is Tom Hutchinson at the booth? And I'm like, yeah, 
I'm Tom. What, what can I do for it? He says, well, um, I was wondering if you would be willing to sign a book. I said, of course, but I'm happy to sign a book. And so out from behind him comes this maybe, I don't know, 10-year-old girl. And she has the copy of Critter that we gave away last year, like just rolled up. You know, like back in the old days, they would roll up a comic, stick it in their back pocket. Oh, yeah. A million times. And it's just dog-eared and, and clearly just loved for the past year. Yeah. And she comes out from behind her dad. And she's got this book and she kind of unrolls it for me. And, and she's just smiling. And her dad says she got this book last year and she really, really liked it. And she couldn't, we couldn't find you to have it signed. So we wanted to make sure that we found you this year when we came back to the show. And, uh, and so I signed the book to her and, and she's been uh, you know a fan of the, the book ever since, but it was like such a crazy, like it wasn't a collector trying to get CGC or, you know, anything. It was just the most pure, moment of i love this comic book even though she didn't have a clue what it was when she got it and a year later here she comes you know brave enough to come ask for a signature and uh i've really never had an experience like that since and and uh, that's that's the moment that i kind of hope for everybody in comics to get one of those where you really really can see whoever it is whether it's a kid whether it's an adult you can really really see that they are, are, are they're not just there to collect it they are loving what you do um, because that's that's the best that is the best is, is when they love what you do beyond just you know can we put it in a slab right that is so wholesome and pure and it just like i almost teared up a little bit <laughs> it's so cute it's, i was too yeah thinking <laughs> back on it i'm sitting here like my i'm grinning ear to ear and and uh you know i gotta wipe the the corner of my eye a little bit because uh, it was it was just it was so fun and so cool. Um, and, and, you know, I, I got my, I got my moment. I got it early, uh, but I got, I got my moment. Now the other moment that is awesome um, that happened to me, it happened to me a couple of times, but one very specifically um, was about our, I don't know, we were about four years in to, to BDI existence. We were at Baltimore comic-con. This is roughly around the time where, People started asking for for money for signatures. Kind of, it started to become a little bit of a thing. And so somebody asked me, "Hey, so do you, do you sign for signatures?" I said, "No, no, not at all. Come on in, give me your books." He says, "Well, I got a lot of them. I mean, should I just give you like two or three? And I'm like, "No, just just bring them up. Don't even worry about it. We'll get you taken care of and and uh, and on your way." And he says, "Well, I'll give you like ten now, and then I'll come back." I said, "Look, how many? Don't, I don't even care how many you have. Just get them out of your box, put them on the table." And we're just going to have, you know, a few minutes of, of shooting the breeze and I'll sign your books. So he says, okay. So he gets down, he opens up this small box of books and pulls out probably about half the box was all big dog stuff. And was, so you're talking about, I don't know, 60 odd books. Basically he had one of everything that we had produced at that point. Oh my gosh. And he throws them on the table and it's just this stack of books and I'm just sitting there going, yeah, we're going to take care of you. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so we just start unbagging and boarding them and, and I'm signing them and we're just talking and shooting the breeze again. Just another guy who, you know, he didn't have duplicates or anything. He just had his collection and he wanted the writer to sign them. And I'm like, damn right, I'm going to sign these for you, man. And I'm going to do them all for you right now. And, uh, and so, again, that's another one of those moments where you find those guys that just, you know, love what you do. And, uh, and, and you know, that's, that, those are the moments that every comic book creator whether you're a writer or an artist or whatever those are the moments that i i wish for everybody absolutely 
th- those are the those are the fun, happy, heartwarming moments. It's not always like that, guys, but it can be. <laughs> it can be sometimes, and it's worth it. <laughs> it's more yeah, often I mean, not like that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's comics, and, and just like Jack Kirby said, you know, they'll break your heart, kid. Um, but you know, it, it's still comics. You know, it's 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 still creating. It's still putting something of your own, something of yourself, even to say, uh, you know, out into the universe. And um, when you when you get uh, when you get those types of reactions back, um, even though they are, you know, every reaction is good. Every time somebody comes to the booth and says, dude, sign my book. That's awesome. But when you have those like those key moments, uh, you, then you kind of really know that you you've sort of found something and and, you know, it makes you kind of want to work a little harder to, to get those things again, um, because, you know, you've reached some people. Uh, whether it's through your art, whether it's through your story, whether it's through your characters, uh, you know, you've reached them to a point where they are all in on what you're doing. And, and now you've got to sort of, you know, personally to me, I feel like, well, now, you know what, I now I got to kind of feel like I got to up my game because these guys are all, you know, supporting me and supporting what I do. Um, now I got to figure out how to take everything to to whatever the next level would be, uh, you know, for, for, for my work and, and for my art and how to get it to them. Right. It's constantly keeping you on your toes. <laughs> which is which is good though. It you is know, good. You, it you is know, good. Especially, you know complacency complacency and creativity is, is doomed. You know, you always want to be kind of pushing yourself. Right. You should always push yourself. Always, always, always. <laughs> I um I'd never written anything like <clears throat> superhero. You know, I, I, it's not that I don't like superhero stuff. It's just not typically what I'll go to as like, oh, that sounds like a really cool thing I want to write. And <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I was asked to write, uh, vigilance for freestyle comics. Um, uh, Mike Watson had approached me with it and, you know, he said, I really like your writing. You know, would you be willing to, you know, write vigilance for us and i was like i was really nervous because a it was superhero and you know that was really out of my comfort zone and b it's writing somebody else's character somebody else's universe which i'd never done before so it was basically all around other than the fact that it's writing something like totally out of my wheelhouse (laughs) and something new um so I, it took a couple days to think about it because I was so nervous and I, I, it was, I guess a little bit afraid because I didn't want to let him down because I know how important the character is to him. But I ended up, I ended up taking it on and I've written an issue and I'm damn proud of it. <laughs> I am awesome. damn proud is it, of it. Is it out yet? It's not out yet. Um, I am I'm not 100% sure when it's coming out. I believe it it's coming out next year, the the oh, okay. first issue that I wrote. So yeah, it's it's not going to be for a little while. They do have several other titles and so they have kind of like a like the whole FSK universe, uh Freestyle Comics universe. They do a lot of superhero stuff. So it's like think of like, you know, Marvel or DC but like on an indie scale. Um and they've been doing this for oh gosh, I think they're coming up on 20 years. Their 20 year anniversary is next year. Okay. So, um, 
they've been in the game for a long time. Um, so it's been, it was, so with talking about like, you know, getting complacent and it being bad for being creative, I absolutely think that, you know, taking leaps and doing things that are outside of what you are comfortable doing. I mean, they can only improve your, your writing. The more topics and more ways that you're able to write, I mean, it just improves you as a writer. So, you know, don't ever shy away from something just because it isn't exactly what you think it should be or what you want it to be. That's my advice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I've, I've, I, my experience with, with what you're talking about is, is sort of the opposite. I have not been at, well, it's not true. I have been asked to do some writing for some other people, but it was, it was never, uh, I, I, it never really came through. It, you know, there's a lot of sort of fly by night stuff in comics. Um, where, where people think they understand the industry, they, they start a company, quote unquote, uh, and, and want to do things. And then, you know, six months later, they're gone. So there, there's a lot of that in comics. So as, as for anybody that's starting up, whether you're writing or drawing or whatever, you know, just kind of be aware of who you're working for. And, and, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to like denigrate anybody by any means. And there are a ton of great small companies out there, but, like I said, a lot of things are sort of like pop up and then they're gone a few months later. So um, yeah. just be careful, you know. Um, and we'll come back to that. I when, mean, if they go out of business. We're going to come back to that because I have a story about that. Um, but you finish sure. yours up first. I just wanted to make sure I marked it so that I remembered. Come back to that, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, e- even if you have a contract, I mean, if these guys go out of business and ghost you, I mean, it, 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 it almost doesn't matter. So just be careful is really the key. Just, just really sort of pay attention to, to, you know, the company's rep and, and, and so on before you get too deep in there. Um, so I, I've been asked, but then some of these companies just kind of, you know, pooped out of existence. But I get a lot of people who actually come to me and want to write my stuff. Um, and I've, I've allowed that a few times um, very under very strict supervision. Um, but none of it was really like continuity based. You know, it was always like one shot side stories that we could expand, uh, you know, like for the, the first time it happened was with Critter. We I had people who were pitching me ideas for some of the back characters, you know, the B level, the C level characters that were in the background saying, hey, you know, I'd like to write this this cricket, this, uh, you know, slipstream, whatever. And so I said, well, you know what, let's let's do this because we can write these stories to flesh out the Critterverse. Um, but it won't necessarily reflect directly on Critter's story, which is I'm the only one who will ever write that. So um, much to the chagrin of, of many people, I, I just won't hand that over. So uh, so we, we've done that. And, and honestly, to great success, I was really, really happy with all of the Critterverse spinoffs. Um, I had Dirk Manning write a, uh, what was it, a four-issue run for Legend of Oz that um, – he wrote the origin story of our flying monkeys, but I also worked directly with him to keep my continuity running through his story in that regard, because right. I didn't want to just take four issues off and, and leave people hanging. So we actually interwove my story just enough to maintain where we needed to be when Dirk was done so that I could come back and be like, poof, okay, we're running again. We're back with, uh, with what you guys we're, we're seeing four issues ago. Um, so really, I, I've done really well. Uh, I've gotten very lucky with the, the writers that have taken on my stuff. And uh, um, um, 
Oh my God. Keith Thomas was another one. He wrote, well, he wrote cricket for me, one of the, the spinoffs um, for Critter. Uh, but then he came back and wrote another one. Uh, it's still an unpublished story actually um, that we haven't gotten to. So he wrote that. He helped me write TikTok, uh, which was a spinoff from Oz, you know, so on. So um, it's been fun to have other writers uh, playing around, but I do let everybody know when they come asking that, no, you don't get to write Critter. No, you don't get to write Penny for Your Soul. Uh, no, you don't get to write some of these characters because they are, they're mine. And um, I'm not really willing to, uh, you know, give up the keys to those cars. I totally respect that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, they're my babies. <laughs> don't touch my babies. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah, my, my tagline on my, on my business card, um, I left it on there. And uh, when people see it, they laugh. Um, but back in the old days when you used to have message, I mean, we still have message boards and stuff, but everybody had their little code names and whatever. And mine, when I was on uh, digital webbing, which is where I kind of got my start for, for, you know, figuring out how to write and how to find artists and so on. Um, my, my name there was Critter's Daddy. And so, you know, I left that on my business cards. So now people ask me, what, what's your, uh, what's the favorite thing? Everything you have that you write, what's your favorite? And I give him my credit card and I just, uh, uh, my business card. And I say, well, what does it say right there? Critter's daddy. And so then we get to break the ice and I bring them over to the Critter, uh, you know, comic book universe that I have and we sell away. So there we go. <laughs> Critter's daddy. See? Yep. There we, so really, it's, she really is your baby. I love it. I love it. Yeah, she is. <laughs> There's a, if, if anyone has the trade paperback um, re, and you haven't already, read the foreword. Now, I don't know how normal it is for the creator to write his own foreword, but I did it. And it basically is, is it talks about that sort of relationship with her. It's like I created this character that I love, but in order for her to sort of succeed and grow and be who she is, I have to put her in terrible, terrible situations for her to keep working herself her way out of it. Um, so it's a, it's a very weird uh, type of, of thought process that I have with this character. But yeah, I, I, she is the first thing that I started to write when I decided I wanted to write. And, um, she is the, uh, the favorite thing that I will ever write. Um, and the fact that I have to keep essentially putting her in life threatening situations, uh, is, is a little weird sometimes. So read that forward because it's, uh, the people that have read it, um, have really kind of come away with it with a, a different perspective on uh, the character and and sort of me as a writer too. So it's it's interesting. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to bring it back around to what you were saying about um, you know being really careful uh, working with you know newer or smaller companies. Um, yeah, there are a lot of great uh, smaller companies. And, you know, everybody has to start off somewhere. So it's not saying don't work with smaller companies or newer companies. It, you know, but it really is necessary to be super careful. Um, I learned early on uh, in my career, just <laughs> I, I learned really early on, which is good. Um, and I want to spare other people that learning experience if I can. I mean, Sometimes you have to go through it to really get it. But <laughs> um, I was approached by uh, a new comic book company. Uh, I had, had been doing um, a podcast and they really liked 
uh, my format and the interviews that I was doing with other creators in the independent community. And so they brought me in to be like exclusively do shows for their comic book company. And I was like, oh, you know, it's really cool. I was super excited about it. And then it was like, hey, do you want to start writing for us? And I'm like, yeah, because that's obviously always been my ultimate goal. Um, So I was doing podcasting for them and doing uh, blog content. And then I started writing for them and everything was moving really quick. And they were doing Kickstarters and everything seemed, you know, really good um, until it wasn't good. And it happened pretty abruptly. And <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus because I don't believe in that. So I'm not giving names. Uh, if you have any questions, most people who know me, because um, I have been doing this for about five years, they know who I'm talking about and the situation. But if you have any questions, feel free to, you know, you can talk to me off air. But basically, I was brought in to be... Um, they asked me if I would be like the third um, partner for the comic book company. And I, you know, was totally into it because I'm super organized and really, you know, I was really excited. And I'm like, I think I could do really cool things. And I built all these really great relationships with um, all these creators that were working on books uh, to be published by this company. And um, as soon as I challenged something, um, somebody that had been writing for them wasn't getting paid and basically got ghosted by them. So I was like, Hey, you know, I need to talk to you guys about this. And they basically stopped talking to me after they'd gone through, like I'd done all this work for them, hadn't gotten paid, um, you know, put my reputation on the line for these people. And uh, yeah, so I ended up having to resign from the company through email. And then I publicly posted my resignation as well, because I didn't want to be associated with people that would do that, because that's not me. And um, I'm totally always on the up and up. You can ask any creator that I've worked with. They always get paid on time. <laughs> and I don't ghost people. And I don't treat people like that. So um yeah, it was a really tough lesson to learn. And it, it caused a, a lot of stress on me because I was worried that my reputation, I just started writing, just was getting my name out there. Um, I thought, oh, great. Well, that ended before it even went anywhere. But here I am five years later, and clearly my work ethic and my um, my personality and my, my morals and all that good stuff have... Uh, shown people that I am not shady. So (laughs) (laughs) way to be a good person stuff as I pat myself on the back. (laughs) But yeah, so you just have to be weary. Like it is very exciting when somebody approaches you to like do something that you feel like is next level, but you know, always get a contract, you know, and if you feel like things are going sideways, do not hesitate to take your name and your reputation out of that situation because you know, it's there are a lot of people that work in indie comics, but it ultimately is a really small pool. And just don't yes. you don't want to be part of the group that pees in it. <laughs> don't pee in the pool. <laughs> I don't care if there's chlorine in it. Don't pee in the pool. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my long story. <laughs> that's awesome. I survived. Uh, that's Thank awesome. God. 
Oh, but oh my gosh, you know what? We only have 15 minutes left and okay. we haven't even talked about Stranger Things and we have to <laughs> while it's still relevant. I just finished the last while episode. Well, it's still relevant, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, you know, in two weeks, people are going to have anymore. moved on, yeah. you know? It, that's the <laughs> the nature of pop culture is it, it's very fleeting. Like when a new season comes out, everybody's like, woo, Stranger Things. And then in two weeks, it's like, woo, something else new came out. And it's not that you don't stop loving the thing, but it, it, you know, it's like the, the moon, it waxes and wanes. And it's, yeah. that's how fandoms typically work. I mean, there are those diehards for like Star Wars and, you know, certain other things like Harry Potter and whatever. But yeah, so we're going to talk about it now. All right, Tom, you go first. I've been talking for a while and I need to drink some water. <laughs> sure. So well, what what were your so, thoughts on season three? Oh, yeah. Spoilers, guys. Just throwing that out spoiler. there. Well, 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 we'll try to avoid the spoilers as much as possible. Um, Stranger Things, you know, usually is, is not a very spoiler-filled thing, you know, because, again, we don't have, like, you know, Darth Vader's Luke's dad type of stuff to, to build on. But um, one thing that uh, that... Uh, our, our hopefully our re- returning uh, listeners will will, will know um, is I am sort of notorious for my uh, I don't know how to put it my cynicism towards you know movies and, and TV stuff uh, I'm I'm sort of the get off my lawn type of guy from time to time um, so for Stranger Things I, I'll give you I'll give you the uh, the entirety of Stranger Things for me. So when the first season came out, everybody lost their crap for it. And I was like, what is it? I don't even know what this is. I, I had Netflix, but I didn't even know what it was. So um, I jumped on and uh, eventually, I don't know, a few months later, I was not in a rush. So I, I jumped on a few months later, kind of watched it and kind of liked it. Um, but I couldn't really understand the massive hype, like the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I just didn't get it. It was not connecting with me, which is weird because I am an 80s kid. Um, you know, I was born in the 70s and grew up in the 80s. So all of that should have been like really latching on to me. And it just kind of didn't, um, not in a way that, that I was freaking out over it. I thought it was good overall. Um, I was I was up for more, but I wasn't a fanatic, I guess. Um, right. The second season came out, and I was um, I was just immediately turned off. Uh, I I thought the second season was choppy in its writing. Uh, its world logic didn't make any sense to me. With Dustin keeping this pet monster after everything they had gone through in the first season, um, nothing about the second season worked for me at all. So I was really like, oh, okay, they they I don't know if they rushed this. I don't know if they didn't know what they were trying to do for maybe there wasn't going to be a second season and they had to just kind of come up with something. I don't know, but it did not work for me at all. So I was basically out. So it's like stranger things. I'm done. Um, so when the third one came out, like we did what we were talking about last Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really wasn't, I didn't care. So I didn't watch it that first day. Um, but the, the next day I just had some time and I'm, I thought, okay, well, let's just, let's just put one on. Let's just see where we're at. And what's going on? And four episodes later, I was like, well, hey, this is all right. Um, and I just finished it up, what, two days ago, I think. Uh, and I'll tell you, I really liked it. Now, it was a very weird 
sort of world logic too with we still don't really necessarily understand the russians i mean that was a very it just felt like a very hey it's the 80s and we're against the russians so let's put russians in there um but they were fine they didn't detract really from it it was just kind of a weird choice but the the story pacing was great i thought the the story itself was tight but all the kids are still great even the new kids that they put in they're all great mm-hmm. um and and i think it had a really good ending again we'll, we'll avoid the spoilers there but i think the ending was fantastic um and uh uh you know the one thing i'll say about stranger things is it's for me and i've actually been hearing this a little bit from some other people it's a lot less about the what do they call it the upside down and, and the monsters it's just the kids the kids are so good it yeah. doesn't really matter what they're doing they're just good they're just good characters and they're good actors and so they just pull this train along just really on their own and it, it almost would i mean you could just put them in jurassic park you could put them in the walking dead and they're just going to work like i think they're they're the characters are so well built and so well cast that i think that's really the driving force of stranger things versus you know oh my god the monsters um right so yeah so i the bottom line is i think i think season three is probably is at least as good if not a little better than season one um, and, uh, uh, I, I would definitely, uh, highly recommend it. If you have not seen any stranger things, I don't know that you necessarily need to binge through it all. Um, if you were to just kind of jump in on season three, you would, they do pretty well at kind of recapping things that you need to know. Um, so you could probably just sort of do season three if you wanted to on its own. Um, but I would, I would definitely recommend it. If anyone's, if anyone's kind of on the still on the fence i'd say go ahead and and dive in yeah and start with season one dude don't don't rob yourself (laughs) of the other two seasons you don't start on season three come on tom (laughs) well some people some people just get a little worried about having to put a lot of time into something you know they're like well and and with season with stranger things remember also this is not a typical season there's no 20 episode thing they're like eight episodes and you're done so there isn't a huge amount of time to spend on it. So, so that, that's very fair. Right. And it's, and you know, I don't know where all of a sudden everybody's like, yeah, season two, they didn't like, I enjoyed season two and you know, maybe like, I thought the whole like Dustin's pet thing was like really adorable. And it reminded me of, um, I think it was kind of thrown in there for like eighties nostalgia, like move like crappy movies like Mac and Me, where they have like those like weird little creatures oh, yeah. in them that are just there to provide I don't know like comic relief or just be bizarre. Um, yep. I don't know. I I enjoyed it, but um, to each their own. Everybody's got the their reasons for their opinions, and I enjoyed them. Uh, but I think season three was super exciting like every episode i felt like i didn't want to stop watching it so i like i watched the first three episodes and then i had to like go to bed i'm like okay i'll finish this the next day and then i didn't get to it and i finally finished almost all of it last night and then i had to finish the last half of the last episode today before we did the show and um there was um i almost cried Tom, almost. And I'm surprised I didn't. I believe, because I believe it. Well, I think you know why. Sure. I mean, in the 
and I won't say anything. I was going to spoil, but I guess it is. It hasn't even been a week. I'll be nice. But um, yeah, it was rough. But uh, they give you make sure that you continue to watch. I mean, it's only like 10 or 15 seconds in. But some people, when they see the credits come on, will turn it off. There's another scene uh, once the credits start rolling. So do not turn it off because you will be mad at yourself if you do. So I'm just going to yeah, say end, that. End, end credit scene. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. You you want to be <laughs> yep. there for that. It's kind of important, in my opinion. Super important. Yes. For sure. But yeah, no, yeah, I loved I mean, it. It was uh, those those yeah. kids are just, oh, my gosh. Like, I live for Erica. Erica and Dustin okay. together were like my everything. Well, when when we got to meet Susie. In that final episode oh. with with Dustin, I just I could I felt my face breaking because I was smiling so hard, like it was so funny and it was so good. I was just like, oh my god, this is hysterical and funny and sweet at all at the same time. Um, so that was that was great for me. I loved that. Oh yeah, I know. And then they they do that little thing together, and like first of all. That's really him singing. Okay, so they do this little singing part. I'm not going to tell you what they sing, but, like, it's one of my favorite things on the planet. So I was, like, jamming out in my living room. (laughs) So my dogs were like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, "Uh, hello. (laughs) Um, But he, uh, Dustin is actually, the the actor who plays him is actually a really, really, really good singer. Uh, You can look it up online if you haven't. But he's very talented, and the scene is so cute. You're yes, it was it was so adorable. I loved it. Oh, I'm such a yeah, softie. That's, uh, that that's just one of those. That's one of those great moments in uh, uh, you know in in television history to me because it was just so out of. The, I mean, you knew something had to happen with because Susie is this thing throughout the whole season, and uh, you knew something good had to happen with her, but. Uh, I don't think any of us were prepared for that. So that oh, heck good. no. <laughs> <laughs> heck no, man. Like, yeah, it was, that was really cute. And I, like, and I felt that they did a really good job with like the whole mall thing. Like, so, you know, we get a lot of the, the malls, like a central part of, um, this season. And it makes sense because in the eighties were when malls started to get really big and the more of them were becoming, you know, like were being built up around America and, I mean, kids hung out at the mall. Like, yep. th- that's what we did. Because, like, what what else do you do when you're, like, you know, 12 years old or 13 years old and you, you ain't got anything else to do? You go to the mall. Um, yep. So I thought it was really cool that they brought that in. And the music was on point. The cinematography, I thought, was fantastic. Um, is it the the Duffer Brothers or something like that? I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Those guys did a great job with the writing and the directing and the cinematography and like the music was on point. It was just an, a beautiful 80s nugget and I enjoyed it very much. So you should watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on board. And, and normally I would give it, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be hard on things, but it really didn't give me anything to be hard on it about. So, uh, you know, two thumbs up for, for those guys. And, brothers and uh, and for everybody involved. Yeah, and remember that you cannot smell you can't spell America without Erica. It's correct. It's very important. <laughs> it's very important to know that. <laughs> All right, well we are about 
we're about at our hour, dude. Like that was the easiest hour to fill of all time. Smooth. It was smooth. I know. See, I, I think. didn't think we'd have a problem. We're both talkers, so this works really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hell, we could probably go on for several more hours, but we won't because we have things to do. We don't just talk Correct. about writing. We actually write. <laughs> have have writing to do. Yeah, I actually have Penny Pierce Soul to write today. So, yeah, um, which which is part of the reason we're going to do this every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So don't watch for us next week, but we'll be back in two weeks. Yep. Every every two weeks, Tuesday at 1 p.m. on Podcast Detroit. And then we will be um, airing the shows. They'll be coming out the next day. They'll be available on PodcastDetroit.com and anywhere that you find uh, all your favorite podcasts. I love Stitcher. That's my personal favorite. But, you know, I'm not going to judge you on where you listen to your podcasts. You do you and be happy. Um, and again, um, and let me just, I want to give that number out. So if anybody listens to this, um, you know, after the afterwards and they decide, oh man, I really want to call in one of these Tuesdays. It's taking me a second to get to it. I'm getting to it. We're almost there. Almost there. Oops. I know it starts with two, four, eight <laughs> while I'm doing that. Oh, here we go. 248-809-5004. You can Skype us, call us, whatever. And uh, if you have any questions, I will be able to bring you in on the conversation. Um, Tom, where can people find you on social media? Sure. Well, we do do a lot of Facebook stuff. So you're welcome to look me up on Facebook. Uh, We also have a Big Dog Inc. I-N-K fan page. You guys can join on Facebook. And then Twitter and Instagram... We are on BDI Comics. So the letters BDI Comics uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And then you've got your Kickstarter uh, that'll be actually going on when we record our next show. Correct. So maybe next week or next episode, we'll uh, we'll talk about how Kickstarter works and uh, and, and sort of our thought processes on, on how to do them. Yeah, and I, I'll I'll spill the beans on uh, the Aeonian Two Kickstarter, which is coming up August second, so we can talk a little bit about that nice. as well. So we're gonna have like a Kickstarter focused episode. So if you have any questions about Kickstarter, what to do, what not to do, definitely listen in next week. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Stephanie Menard. It's spelled S T E F A N I M A N A R D. I also have my own website www.stephaniemenard.com. Um, I prefer Instagram and I'm also, I'm at Stephanie underscore Menard. So I'm pretty easy to find um, anywhere on social media. So this has been the first episode of another page turner with big dog and little stuff. And until next time, you know, just keep, keep finding those great stories and we'll keep writing them. Whatever, whatever makes you happy in life, do it, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks, Steph. Thank you.